Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Brian, and today is Wednesday, November 8th, 2023, and this is episode 563 of the Lots Project podcast, where we're defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled Hip Camp and Other Campsite Booking Services, and today I'll be talking about what I like about Hip Camp, why I choose to use almost exclusively that, I would say, uh, and um, and and what it has to offer. And then I will add in uh, a list of, uh, of other services I've found. Most of them I haven't, uh, I haven't actually gone through and booked anything or used the service mostly because of cost wise. Uh, but I have checked them out. And I have a list and I can tell you about them and maybe they would interest you. So before that, let's grab a cup of coffee, catch up what's going on in the live chat and dive into the topic in just a minute. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, Pip, how we doing? In early as always, and then uh, just rolling back around now. Good morning, Rachel, Rewilder Life, uh, out heading out to do some errands. Be careful on those icy roads. Looks like you got a little ice there, and uh, if it's stuck on the roads, be careful. Early season, not necessarily you, uh, but other other drivers. Um, that first snow or first ice of the year. I'll uh, maybe touch on that in a second. MSU Rifle, good morning. The Comfrey's doing well out at Delinquent Scully. Uh, MSU brought us uh, a big old bag of Comfrey at the the work day. Got it in the ground, and I was out there yesterday, and I'll talk about that in just a little bit. But uh, I was out there yesterday and saw uh, we have some coming up. So that's good. That's good. Jim, good morning. How we doing? Uh, Phil P. Nomad, how we doing? I'm going to call you Phil for the rest of your life, so don't worry about it. Hope you had an awesome birthday and enjoyed it. Blakesley Acres, Pip again, Hunter over on Twitch, bringing up that Twitch, uh, that Twitch count every day. I appreciate it. Hanging Laundry Digger, good morning, good morning, good morning. Rachel says her husband put on her snow tires a couple days ago. That's good. That's good. It's about time. I guess November in your area for sure is um, is is uh, icy-ish. And uh, I saw that someone in Tim's group, I think it was Clark, was up in Saskatchewan having uh, a white knuckle driving already. Oh, man. It was tough here yesterday. I was sweating. I... Uh, uh, I did a bunch of uh, physical stuff outside. I was I was drenched in sweat for sure, um, and it was eighty ish. So man, I really do miss that snow. I know I'm gonna I know I'm gonna kick myself in the ass for saying that shit when it gets cold. Actually, gets cold here, and I'm I'm freezing. And and Pip's down there in Florida with his new knit hat, and uh, he's nice and toasty, but. For now, for now, I appreciate the 80s when I'm seeing the, the sun or the, the snow and ice uh, everywhere else. So, Oh, Pip, three or four semi-truck full of car parts to sort. Been getting in floods. Oh, the, the strike ended, didn't it? I think you mentioned that the, the strike ended. So now that the car, now the car parts are coming in. You couldn't get them and now they're coming in. Huh, weird. Pip said he almost had to find a hoodie the other day. Jeez, watch out for frostbite, man. Watch out for frostbite. 
Uh, anyway, what uh, what was going on yesterday? Like I said, I headed out to Delinquent Scully. Uh, walked around a little bit, went and checked in on the Comfrey. That has poked up a little bit. The the plants that I planted this summer, Gorilla planted them on that super hot day uh, when it was very, very dry. We still have a little bit of growth from them, so that's exciting. And then uh, MSU Rifle brought us out a big old bag when he came out for uh, work day. And Corey and I wandered off to put that in the ground, find a good spot for it. And by doing so, we ended up finding an extra campsite. Uh, well, not extra, but the next campsite. It was um, by happenstance. We just happened to, to take a deer trail, walk through an easy path to get to. And as we were standing there planning it, uh, Corey turns around and looks and sees this big old flat area that's pretty much cleared out. Don't need to do too much work. And we got our guys to uh, clear out a path down to that. And they were uh, very nice and able to get that done. And there it is. There it is. So it's an easy it's an easy trip to go check on the Comfrey because the path to the campsite is all cleared and got down there and it's coming in. It's coming in. So that's good. That's a that's another experiment, uh, experimental location out on that property. A, because I don't necessarily know what's going on 24 hours a year, 24 hours a year, 24 hours a year. I don't know what's going on 24 hours a year, guys. So I don't know how the conference is going to grow. I don't know what's going on all year round. <laughs> and uh, and I've planted it in some spots that might end up getting flooded out uh, through some through some experimentation. We've found that the Comfrey really doesn't mind water, doesn't mind water depending on um, depending on how it how it goes. Uh, we've had some successes in water, so I I found a, a a bank on a creek that has constant water in it. So even when it was super dry, there was there was a little bit of running water in there. I think it's an outlet to a spring, but the way the banks look to me and the soil makeup around the bank and how loose and uh, rich it seemed, it appeared that it might fill up um, during the rainy season when we get a bunch of rain and everything drains down off the hill. It's at the bottom of the hill. And I'm, I tried to get it up above where it would be underwater, but the roots could easily still grab the, the water from the Creek. So, we will see. We will see. Uh, good morning, Greenberry Grove. Thanks for popping in. Courtney Baker, uh, he's got you hooked. Hunter got you hooked on the show, I think. And um, <laughs> Loco says we have lots of ice in our freezer. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh. And uh, Rewild are wearing down and wool today. I got a long sleeve t-shirt and, and gym shorts on right now, guys. <laughs> it was nice. We actually left some windows open in the in the trailer last night because because um, the dogs make it so hot in here. I don't know. We can we can shut the bye bye. It's been a hey, I'm back. Woo. Ooh, here we are. Uh it's been it, it's it's been like so when we shut the the windows at night it would be like 60 right and then we wake up in the morning it's like 63 64 the dogs i think their breath the humidity just the the sheer mass of them will actually heat it up in here so 
last night left a left a few of the smaller windows open and it's pretty comfortable in here supposed to be back up into the 80s today but uh anyway i was out at delinquent scully walking around checking the comfrey checking on the progress of the driveway that's going in um <laughs> the driveway that's going in uh out there if you came out to work day if you've seen any of the videos you can kind of you don't really get the full picture unless you've actually walked through it uh but if you're out at work day the the entrance into the the property it is it was navigable by by truck i have to say it was tim was in and out quite a bit I wasn't going to take my truck in and out, and especially if we were going to get it listed for public uh, campsite use, we we're going to need a driveway. We we're going to need a little parking area. We had just kind of parked in the weeds on the side of the road when we'd go out. So we discussed it. Tim was uh, Tim was cool with putting in. <laughs> Pip says down and up by ten foot vertical. Yeah, probably, probably. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't um, put that past it. Probably perfect for Jeepers, I would say. But uh, Tim and I discussed it, and he said he was just going to put a, uh, a driveway in. We'll put a culvert in to divert the water when uh, when we get rain, and it runs down the, the backside of the easement road. And uh, I thought this was going to be later later in the, in the winter. I had no idea when it was going to happen. All of a sudden, Tim calls me, and he's like, hey, uh, got a guy that's gonna that's renting a mini X in the area, and and he is uh, bidding out work in the in the little development there. Um, you know, great hourly rate since he was renting it anyway, bringing it out to do a bunch of work for him. So big community effort, I guess, out there is is really nice. Uh, they all talk and interact, which is really cool. So um, over the weekend, they brought in a culvert. They brought in a bunch of dirt and got the the base laid down it isn't quite finished yet there's still some gravel to come in get laid on top and uh and, and do some finishing work but man it looks really good it looks really good he did a he did a nice job he he definitely knows what he's doing with uh with the equipment but got that checked out and um got a little video the video turned out kind of weird i was staring into the sun so i'm like all squinty in my face it kind of looks like i was i was having a stroke possibly when I was making the video and I was watching it, I'll probably put it up anyway, but mm, eh, it's only a minute or so just uh, updating the the look of it. I also did, wasn't sure if I wanted to put it up because some, some asshole will definitely comment on it and say that there isn't enough fill over top of the, over top of the culvert pipe. I'm guessing I, I, I have to have that assumption just because I've, I've been on YouTube enough it's okay. It's okay. There's more stuff coming in over it. So I don't want to give them the opportunity to just be assholes and, um, and throw that in. So that might come out. But the, the main reason I went out there was to grab more firewood. Uh, yes, it's going to be 80 plus yesterday and today, but we are, um, we are going to, um, uh, we got to get, we got to get more firewood cut. Uh, I realized how much we were going through uh, when it when it we had that cold snap, and I don't want to be scrambling for it at the uh, at the next time we get a cold snap. And so I went out and and uh, zipped up a bunch, brought it back, and started started splitting it. And we got some rain coming the next few days, so today I have to get a little more split. 
and get a tarp over it for the rain and and start that process also in the in the midst of uh figuring out the skirting project we got all our um, we got all our materials in we got the big tarp in we got uh, the grommet kit and the hooks in so that that is coming up i'm not going to do that in the rain and it's um with the shorter day times i think i might have to do a lot of it uh, while corey's working and then um then uh, have her help me when she's available to to finish it off i don't know if that's a one i don't know if that is a one uh person job so i don't know i don't know um got back and speaking of the wood for the wood stove i cleaned out the wood stove we got uh i got the got the stovepipe uh knocked out got uh got the brush run through that got the inside cleaned out did a little inspection think I'm probably going to have to order up a new set of fire bricks um, for the inside. They've taken a beating. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the vibration. When we travel, uh, they just they just bounce around and stuff. And it looks like the two in the back are getting in kind of rough shape. So maybe, maybe uh, I looked up and saw how much they were. It's amazing. They come from Canada. So when we bought the cubic mini wood stove, it, uh, it came out of Ontario or somewhere up in the, the great North. And, um, and it took forever to come in first. It was during COVID, but the second part is the shipping and these fire bricks, man, if I could go to tractor supply and get them, I'd do it tomorrow. They're like $32, I think for the whole set for replacement, it's like a no brainer. But the shipping's like $24 for for like seven or 10 day shipping. $24. It's almost as much for the shipping as it is the product. And then if I wanted to upgrade another $6, I think I could get it um, DHL Express, which between Canada Post and DHL Express, I think I'll have to pay the extra couple bucks and get them sent a little quicker. But um yeah, I'm going to look at the fire bricks again, decide uh, what we want to do if we want to go another uh, cold snap. But my fear is we're going to get into a, a decent length cold snap. We'll be running the, the fire consistently and have issues going at that time. So I just hadn't had time to talk to Corey about it. She's probably wondering what the fuck I'm talking about at the moment. <laughs> oh, Rewilder Life's getting her once a month coffee allowance that is that is fantastic uh msu rifle says tim's from canada just have him grab them on his next trip down <laughs> yeah. canada you know it's it's just this you know you know tim from canada right <laughs> good morning clark how we doing speaking of canadians thanks for stopping in oh and before we wrap up the coffee talk uh i have two quick things um, just a public service announcement. I got a, I got a notification yesterday on a short that I did promoing Friday's, uh, Friday's Bitcoin episode with the Satoshi giveaway. I'm going to drop the link to that live on, uh, in the comments. And, um, and then I'll also kind of be spreading it around social media, try to get that 20 live, live, uh, entries on Friday. But I made a short about it and I posted it up and it was it was sitting there as uh, watching. All of a sudden I got a notification about a comment. And did you guys know that Bitcoin is a scam? 
Bitcoin's a scam. Did you know that the only thing bigger scam than Bitcoin is free Bitcoin? This guy says that my, my drawing is a scam. MSU Rifle 50K. Yes, that is it. 50K on Friday. Uh, we will be giving away 50K if we get 20 entrants in. We had um, we had a winner last week, which bumped the, the base total up to 20K a week. Uh, our winner last week, Jim, he, he donated back in his winnings to add that up to 35. And then I had another... Um, I had another donation come in of 15,000 from uh, Mr. Dixon, Chris Dixon. I appreciate that. He said, let's bump it up to 50. So we got, uh, we got 50,000 Satoshis in the, in the can, man. It's in ready to go. Um, Gingerbread farm says 50 K of a scam. Pip says math is a scam. Yeah. I, uh, I replied and I said, I, I mean, regardless of what you think of Bitcoin, I will guarantee you that my uh, giveaway isn't a scam. The rules are basically set out there. If we get X amount of people to enter, I give it away. <laughs> it's, uh, it, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, Hunter says math isn't a scam. It's racist. Okay, cool. I mean, that's cool. Whatever, whatever. We'll uh, we'll give it away anyway, regardless of this guy uh, thinks we should or not. And then one last thing, uh, I I circled back with with uh, with scrambling uh, Brian Norton about uh, the 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 Thanksgiving blends. I know uh, we had talked about it in the chat and back and forth, and I wasn't sure what he had ended up doing with that. Um, yeah, he had his holiday specials already planned out. You can find his holiday specials at his website, foodforestfarms.com. But what he did say, what he did say was using lots five will get you a holiday gift. I'm going to leave it at that. It is a, um, Jim, you try and enter the drawing earlier. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it'll be exactly scam, but, uh, we might use something to that effect. Um, Ryan said uh, it was a um, it was a side project he was working on with the with the the new blends the Thanksgiving morning afternoon blend, but I have it on good authority. If you use lots five at checkout at foodforestfarms.com, you may get a special holiday um, holiday add on. Let's just say so. Check it out foodforestfarms.com. Um, Amber alert. Uh-oh, Hunter. Amber alert in Texas. I've 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 come to realize that I got more Amber alerts in Texas than I've ever gotten anywhere and I had to turn it off. I like I I feel for the kids. I really do. I think people that steal kids are fucking just horrible people. Uh the kid didn't do anything wrong to you. Why do why do I have to hear about uh amber alerts like hundreds of miles away like do they realize texas is really big like there isn't probably a chance that somebody stole the kid in the whataburger onesie in uh in houston and i'm gonna see them uh 20 minutes later <laughs> jim didn't steal the kids he's in he's been in florida <laughs> That's good. Anyway, guys, if you want to uh, check out some awesome holiday gift ideas, um, premium coffee for Christmas is fantastic. So 
head on over to Food Forest Farms. Check out what they have. He put together some really cool, um, really cool holiday specials, gift sets, uh, three packs of coffee uh, at a se- severe discount. Three three pounds, I think, was seventy dollars. Three pounds, seventy dollars. That that uh, that is an unbelievable price for what Brian gets you. And just remember, when you hear that that price and you get sticker, sticker shock, when you go to a lot of these premium coffee websites and you see the price and you're like, oh, that's not bad. Actually, look how much coffee is there. The We know about um, shrinkflation. Is that what it's called? Where the, the portions get the portions get smaller and the price goes up. Is that, it was that shrinkflation? Am I thinking of that right? Um, but man, coffee has gone bonkers in their serving sizes, in what you purchase. $30, oh, $20 for, uh, for eight ounces of whole bean coffee. Really look into what you're getting. Brian ships pounds. He ships at free shipping. He uh, he goes above and beyond with his customer service and uh, yeah, holiday packs. If you need uh, if you need a handwritten note, I'm sure if you wanted a handwritten note any time of year, not just the holidays, if you put that in the comments of your order, Brian would be more than happy to write you a handwritten note for whoever you're sending it to. Even if you're ordering it for yourself and you want a handwritten note from somebody else, I'm sure he can help you out with that. But anyway, check it out. Check it out and uh, and see what uh, what cool offers he has. I believe he has uh, Hip Camp and Airbnb packages. I didn't dive too deep into it. I get uh, I get all my coffee through the, the C4 membership, so I didn't dive too much into his holiday specials. But I know there's Airbnb stay packages and uh, possibly Hip Camp or... Um, or uh, coffee classes, something to that effect. But check it out, foodforestfarms.com under holiday specials. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Rewild Their Life says, plus with good coffee, I need to use less. Yes. I'm glad you said that, Rachel. Um, yeah. When I, uh, I could pour Folgers down my throat for hours on end and, um, I really think that the people that say I can drink coffee all day and all night and I, I can go right to sleep. Yeah. They're drinking Folgers. They're drinking something like that, man. If I have um, some of Brian's coffee past like 10, 11 o'clock at night, I'm, I'm kind of, kind of struggling to get, uh, get to sleep at night. So I definitely need less. Gingerbread farm says he actually drinks more now. Kyle, uh, Kyle found out that one French press of uh, premium coffee and he could stop drinking all the damn Red Bulls. And then he started drinking the Red Bulls again. We tried to teach the kid math and the cost of Red Bull versus coffee and how much he was drinking of each. And uh, he, he got it and then he forgot it. So he isn't around today to bust on too bad, but uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the topic of the day. Before we get there, I'd like to tell all you outdoor enthusiasts and adventure sneakers and ask you if you've heard about Hip Camp. Hip Camp is your ticket to discovering amazing, unique outdoor experiences with over 300,000 campsites, ranches, vineyards, public parks, and more. It's the ultimate platform for finding your next camping adventure. But that's not all. Ever thought of sharing your own slice of paradise with others? Hip Camp also allows landowners to list their property as potential camping spots. 
earning them extra income while helping campers connect with nature. It's a win-win. I'm here to help both campers and hosts make the most out of Hip Camp. As a consultant, I can guide campers to the best spots tailored to their preferences and assist hosts in creating appealing listings that attract more campers. Join the community of nature lovers today at Hip Camp, where adventures away and memories are made. For consulting services or to sign up directly, check out the show notes for the links. Let's make great outdoors even greater together. There is a link in the video description. The there is a link in the video description and um, to my site, to my consulting site, which is being worked on at the moment. Uh, but it's still the old listing, and there is links to sign up for Hip Camp as a camper or a host. Hang and Laundry says, "Wow, three hundred thousand sites. Yes, yes. Um, I believe they are U.S. Canada uh, right now." Don't quote me on Canada. I've never stayed there. This is this is kind of this episode. Um, this episode disclaimer up front is: I've used Hip Camp. I've used the dirt. I have used. Um, we have been at sites that have been booked on different sites. I've looked into a lot of these sites. Uh, the ones that I use the most are Hip Camp and the Dirt. So. As we go through this list, just take take a just take everything I say with the understanding that I haven't dove into a lot of these. I've researched them on the surface and decided I didn't want to use them. They weren't right for me, but I wanted to bring them to you because, hey, they might be right for you. <coughs> All right. All right. Hip Camp. What is Hip Camp? I... Um, I realized when I was at SRF and I was talking to people and I got talking to, I got talking to, uh, attendees. I, I was talking to people that are super motivated. Uh, you've heard me talk about the crowd that was there. You know, it's, it's people looking to side hustle. It's looking people looking to be more independent. It's people looking to get outside. I mean, it's, it's, it checks all the boxes for somebody that uh, would probably have heard of this service on one side or the other. As an outdoor enthusiast, as a camper, or as someone looking to make a little extra money off their property. Um, as I talk to people and realize that no one I talked to really knew of the site or what it was, had never heard of it. And I said, oh, okay. All right. Well, you get in a you get in a tunnel. I think I I think you get in a tunnel. Um, we've used the the service. We've booked over two hundred nights on the the website. That's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty significant amount of time about of uh, interaction with the site, and you just become accustomed to the fact you're using it, and you think everybody's at least heard of it, at least heard of it. Uh, I found that uh, very few, very few people have heard of it. And I don't know why I'm bouncing here. Interesting. Huh. Uh, I, I know. <laughs> I think it's my foot. I had my foot on the table. Oh, no, I leaned on it. There it is. Sorry, guys. <laughs> having, having issues this morning. Corey and I were sitting here before the show, and I looked up, and I said, has the table moved over about a foot? 
we're like looking to where we were sitting against the wall and stuff and uh where we lined up and i was just like have we moved i think the dogs lay into the table and it's just slowly push it over um yeah over time and we just basically realized it this morning Corey's probably realized it a long time ago but she's getting more in front of the window and i'm getting less in front of the window and i i think this is kind of shitty i'm not in front of the window anymore <laughs> i don't even open my window uh anyway so i realized that nobody know what the hell hip camp is so what is it what is it uh basically it's a peer-to-peer um <laughs> Basically, it's a peer-to-peer renting site for properties, for campsites, for tents, tenting people, tenting people, people that are, are tent camping, um, RVs, uh, van, um, you know, truck camper. There's there's also sites on there that have um, small cabins, uh, outdoor getaways. They really. F- tend to focus on things that really get you outdoors. Uh, There are some odd, weird restrictions that they have as far as size of the lot. Uh, But the problem is, not the problem. The thing is, I I have stayed on everything from a one acre lot in a in a kind of a small neighborhood, all the way up into, uh, you know, five, 600 acre parcels in the middle of nowhere. But I've also helped people set up sites on a couple acres and they took them down. They have, they said that there wasn't enough space, that it wasn't outdoor enough. So it is really this kind of weird, odd, um, odd makeup. I think they're, they're new enough that it's just, they're, they're feeling, feeling it out. I think that they've really, I've, I've recently found some really good documentation on um, what's required and best practices and things like that as far as hosts. So uh, I'm diving into that and they might have specified what exactly the minimums are. But on the, on the host setup side, it, it seems like it's been kind of, uh, kind of gray for a while. And, uh, and, and they're, they're, they're getting it cleared up. I think enough people have come to them and been like, what, what is going on here? Um, there were certain restrictions about uh, toilet availability, things like that, that are really getting cleared up more as the site grows. And like uh, Hanging Laundry said, 300,000 sites. That's a lot of sites that uh, that they I think what happened is they grew faster than they than they had expected and they just didn't have their ducks in a row, which yeah, that can be a good problem to have anyway. But how it works is. Landowner, say say Tim. Let's use Tim as a perfect example because that is the the route that I'm I'm uh, I'm working on their property for them to get it listed. And the thing is, I will likely list it on more than one of these sites I'll talk about today. But the the base management platform that I'm comfortable with is HipCamp. Um, how HipCamp works is you have a piece of property. Tim's got a piece of property there. We decide that uh, we wanted to put some campsites in there. Tim's property will not be RV accessible. Well, it might be uh, it might be van or small camper accessible with the driveway and the parking area for a, for a cheap overnight stay. But basically, you go and set up your campsites on your property. 
whether that is everything from a full hookup RV site where your RV pulls in, they got electric, water, sewer dump, and everything uh, everything that they need uh, right there, uh, down into uh, a tent site that is out in the middle of nowhere with no services. Uh, very pri- it's called primitive camping, I guess is uh, is the term they use, um, and everything in between. We've we've really stayed at at so many different types of sites that it um, you can find anything you need. You can find anything you want. Any any type of camping you're looking to do, you can find something there. And it's someone's private property. Now there are a lot of sites on there. I shouldn't say a lot, le- way less than uh, if you're you're searching on some of the campground sites that are campgrounds. There are some that are campgrounds, but the majority of these sites are people's private property where you're going to be, it's going to be more private. It's going to be either um, less busy, I guess, is one one option or more spread out. The people that are listing sites on here are mainly looking to get people outdoors they're not looking to stack as many sites as they can on top of each other like a campground is so when when tim and i are are evaluating where we want to put sites we're looking at it and saying will these people have enough privacy will they have um a little cove to themselves to where uh they can kind of relax not worry about other campers uh, our big issue and why we went this route and stayed away from the campgrounds is a, I don't particularly like campgrounds cause I'm not a big fan of, uh, dealing with the campground people. Um, it seems as though, it seems as though the campgrounds I've been at and, and I shouldn't say they're intrusive, but they're fucking intrusive. When you're stacked on top of each other, like you're in a parking lot, all parked next to each other, and you're sitting outside, uh, it seems to be that there's more than just a wave and a high as people walk by. It seems like there's this uh, open invitation that we're a big family. And that's great if that's what you're into. I'm not. I'm really not. And then the other thing is our, our dogs, A, a lot of campgrounds won't even let us in. Uh, with three dogs this size b if they will let us in uh there are they are uh an attraction for attention and everybody wants to see them uh and and c they want to see everybody and bark at everybody as they they walk by and clive's just rolling his eyes at me like so what So those are the three reasons that we realized when we got on the road that we weren't going to be able to really stay in camps, in campgrounds, like public, public campgrounds. Rewilder's Life says, I agree with you so much about the campgrounds. Yeah, it's a different world. And man, if that's your thing, um, good for you. I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it. That's not why I'm in a camper. That's not why I I travel around. It's not even why I would be going in a camper if I was, um, if I was just going out for a weekend. That's not my deal. It was funny. Um, it was funny when we went on our trip to South Dakota. 
uh, Corey's parents, they bought a camper relatively soon after ours, didn't they? Because uh, they were getting ready to retire. They wanted to camp more. They really enjoyed camping. They Corey's been doing it her whole life, but it's mainly been out of a tent and then pop-up camper. Um, and then they bought a nice, they bought an RV, small one for the two of them. It's, it's really nice. I, I, I kind of like the size. Corey and I were very jealous and we were wondering if we could switch campers and send the dogs with them and we could just take their camper and go. Uh, well, I was wondering that, um, but anyway, they bought a camper. They had stayed strictly in private campgrounds and, uh, state parks, state parks, state park campgrounds private campgrounds the circus like the circus type of campgrounds because they were going with uh, my brother and sister-in-law and um and their kids they had kids uh so they wanted the activities they wanted the water parks and the playgrounds and and all of that stuff to occupy the kids which is great and like i said man if that's your deal go for it they were accustomed to that we were planning the trip we that isn't our deal um we booked a site uh we basically booked the two sites that were available in the areas we wanted to be and um one turned out to be kind of like a campground but it was way better it was way better you i would have to say uncle b's was way better <laughs> so uncle b's campground uh up in south dakota he he does it right he does have a campground style um set up on his property but he he manages it very well uh there aren't a ton of people running around uh i think it could probably get busy at times but uh things are things are spread out enough that it wasn't uh it wasn't that private campground feel they were very comfortable there they had we had hookups we had electric water um sewer if we needed it i believe there was a sewer dump there uh, or close so it was it was what they were accustomed to. When we left there, we went to the other side of South Dakota and we went full spectrum to the other side of camping. And this is where I'm telling you, you can find hip camp. You can find pretty much whatever you want. When we got to our next site, <coughs> it was a gravel pit. And it was... It was kind of a, it was a huge gravel pit. So it wasn't like we were sitting where they were excavating gravel. Uh, it was, it was closed. It didn't look like they were actually actively uh, mining it, but basically we were out in, uh, out in a field dish, huh? rock pile. <laughs> yeah. Rock pile that had weeds growing in it. Uh, but it was huge. It was probably like 70, 80, 90 acres that part we were in easily we went on a bunch of walks i didn't really ask how much they had it didn't matter i wasn't going outside of that but no electric hookups no water no sewer no nothing basically a place to park and um no one as far as you could see so totally opposite we prefer the second one i i really enjoyed my stay at uncle b's it's not the top uh top style of my list but he made it okay he made the site what it was and it was perfectly fine to stay on and then to a site where you're totally isolated by yourself uh the camp host came uh the owner came and and talked to us i think we had already been there for a day like a day 
day and a half, maybe. And they just stopped by and they were like, hey, just want to make sure everything's okay. And we're like, yeah, perfectly fine. So those are the two polar opposites that you can really find on hip camp and, um, and everything in between really, uh, examples we've stayed at, we've stayed at people's secondary property that just had a pole barn that had four, four, um, or three, three RV sites and a tent site. Uh, basically you had access to the inside of the pole barn. You got the combination when you booked the site. Uh, they had a basketball hoop and uh, a pool table and an air hockey table, a ping pong table, uh, stereo inside there. And it was open for the campers to use. They had an outhouse outside and nice walking trails. And it was just in uh, in kind of like rural Illinois. Uh, we've stayed at people's houses, uh, um, like homesteads, where we parked down off uh, off the beaten path on their property. Maybe they had 40 acres. We parked on the backside. Maybe they had a big, long driveway that went down to a barn. We parked back by the barn. Um, we've rented stays at um, <laughs> the, the one. Okay. We've had one bad experience. It was a one bad experience, would you say? The one in... It, yeah. That was about the only bad experience we've had on hip camp, really. I don't... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess the second, the other trailer park we stayed into wasn't really, uh, it wasn't bad. It was an overnight. Sorry. Um, anyway, sorry, guys. I just tried to, uh, tried to make sure my memory is serving me right. Um, we had one bad experience on the site. Basically, we were traveling through the area and um, there was no signal. There was no cell phone signal. We had the address. We had a map to the address. We got to the address and the camp wasn't there. The campsite or the camp or whatever it was, there wasn't very good pictures. There wasn't very good description. Um, and I had no way to call them. There was another campsite where we were at. And I asked them if they were, they had never heard of them. Um, and so we... Um, so we kind of drove around, we looked, the people in the area were super helpful. Um, there was no way to contact the person. We took our best guess. We backed our trailer into an open spot in a, in an old rundown trailer park and set up for the night, uh, base as, as little as possible. We left the, uh, left the camper hooked up to the truck. It was only an overnight stay. Um, and we parked and it was really sketchy. I didn't sleep very well. Corey didn't sleep very well. We, uh, it was rainy, dreary. There were no lights in this, uh, trailer, uh, trailer park. And there were these dogs. Um, like I looked at these trailers that were near us and there was, I didn't think anybody was living in them. Like they looked abandoned, seriously abandoned. You know, I, I, I've driven around, I've seen people living in some pretty crappy situations these trailers just looked abandoned by their by the way they they uh, the feel they gave off the area like there were no cars there was no like you didn't see any place where people were walking or anything like that and um and so we're sitting there and there's this dog and i'm like where did the dog come from the dog was sitting over by this trailer. I'm looking at it. 
And all of a sudden, I realized it's on a, like a run, on a lead, on a leash. And I'm like, where the hell did that dog come from? So I go out. I uh, I let our guys out. I go back out. I went out later. And the dog was gone. And I'm like, there's somebody living here. We never saw a person. I never, uh, other than the dog getting let in and out, I never felt like there was anybody there but i felt like somebody somebody was watching us one of those deals one of those deals so oh no hanging laundry there was somebody there that let it in and out it was it was there was somebody living in that trailer well we never found out if we were actually in the right spot if we parked in the right spot i contacted hip camp i just said hey you might want to let this lady know her address is wrong and she needs a better description. She needs a way to get a hold of her um, and interact with her. And they just refunded me. So as far as experience goes with having a bad experience and getting my money back, it was no issue. It was basically no questions asked. You had a bad experience. Um, go ahead. So that was the one bad experience. Um it's easy to use the website, the app are getting better. Uh, the website is very, uh, very straightforward and easy to use the app. They're trying to still, uh, um, they're trying to, um, tweak it and, and, and make it better. Uh, I, I have issues because I have both a host account and a camper account and it gets kind of wonky when you have both. But as a camper, the interface to search is fantastic. It uh, You put in where you want to go. You uh, put in your specific uh, requirements, whether you're in a tent, whether you're in an RV, whether you have pets, the length of your RV. Do you need electric? Do you need water? Do you need uh, sewer? Uh, what amenities do you want them to have? And uh, and so forth and so on, like how many people and and it's it's basically like renting a hotel room. If you got to specify the color of the sheets you want, uh, things like that, you hit search, a map comes up. And uh, just like Google Maps, if you're searching for something on Google Maps, you have the sites. You can look at them. You can check them out. Um, prices are all over the place, depending on area, depending on amenities, uh, depending on the owner. and as you start looking at them, you get to see their listing. Uh, plenty of pictures uh, are usually, usually the hosts put up a bunch of pictures. And then anytime someone camps at the site, they are encouraged to upload pictures, which also go to the listing. So you're seeing what others are experiencing in the area, in the campsite itself. And so you get a really good picture of what's going on. Um <laughs> A lot of the times they'll have add-on things that you can add on to your stay, such as firewood or uh, eggs or um, classes, educational things, uh, tours. I know that uh, one people, the people we stayed at in Wyoming, uh, did like milking classes on their on their cows. Um, yeah, all sorts of th stuff. It really depends on the site what's going on there. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, um, and it's easy to use. As far as um, as far as the host side, 
I can help you with that. I can help you get that set up. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, I've talked to the people that have a lot of people that have done it and they, they found it easy. There was, there is some, um, some interesting things that you have to watch out for. But uh, if you got a site and you're looking to get into it, get a hold of me and I can help you out with that. Hip camp. I, I definitely wholeheartedly really recommend it. Um, for the reasons I said earlier, just, we don't, we don't want to be in the campgrounds. Uh, one of the other things we're set up to do is, is boondock. Um, when you uh, milking classes in Texas with rattlesnakes, that would be cool. I would, I would actually, uh, I would actually watch that. Um, <laughs> uh, and so when we can't find a site on hip camp, when we want to go get away and boondock, there's one other app that I used. I want to say used because I let my uh, pro version um, expire. There's two versions of the app, the, the free version, the pro version. When we decided that we were going to sit down for the winter uh, here, I, I didn't renew my um my pro version, I can I can pick it up at any time. But the dirt, it's uh, D Y R T, uh, pronounced dirt like D I R T. The dirt is a very very um, um, easy way to find free camping to explore BLM land, not uh, Black Lives Matter Bureau of Land Management. Uh, all those taxes you pay take advantage of them and go stay at, uh, at public land on the, on some of these awesome campsites. You have to be equipped to, to, to boondock, to not have electricity, to not have water. But the, the dirt app is basically a clearinghouse for pretty much wherever you'd want to stay. I would say, um, as far as finding, finding places to stay, lots of campgrounds, lots of private sites, but the thing that I paid for the the, the um, pro membership was they had overlays on the map for state lands, BLM lands, federal, uh, fed, other federal lands, national forests, state forests, anything like that. You could overlay the maps on. So when you were searching and looking for someplace to stay, you could tell where the the public land started where it stopped you could uh they would have um better indications on where the pull-off roads are where the boondocking sites are things like that <clears throat> so the dirt was another valuable thing for us to use when we were looking for free camping when we were looking in areas where there weren't hip camps available that we were wondering if maybe there was a state park we could stop at uh, or a free um, national forest or things like that, because those sites are really cool. The only problem with, with going that route is you can't really rent them. You don't get to, I guess state parks, um, state parks and uh, the national parks, you can, they have campgrounds in them. Uh, BLM land, national forest, state forest usually are, um, are first come first serve on their, their parking areas where you can, where you can get a spot. So it can be touch and go. If you're planning on going somewhere, you show up and, uh, every, every spot's full there. Uh, so those are the two that I used. I, I look at the time here and it went a little long on hip camp, but I just want to mention all these others that I, I found 
Uh, like I said, I've looked into these. I have used um, I've used some by proxy just because some of the sites we've stayed at were also listed on these, and I talked to the host about them. But um, some of the other places that you want to try, and these are basically geared towards RV. Uh, RVers, a lot of them have tent sites or uh, other accommodations. But uh, basically, when I did my research, I, I did it for RV stays because that's what we're in. Uh, and, and that's the list I've always had to kind of reference off of. But one of them is uh, allstays.com. I'll, I'll uh, circle back and get all these, hopefully the names and links to these in the video notes and the audio notes before uh before too long this morning but all stays it is um it's a it's a cool place it, it's a cool site to to find out of the way campsites things like that there is a free version and a pro version free version wasn't uh wasn't what i was looking for pro version might have been but i wasn't going to pay for it um it's basically the same type of search and find local sites in the area as are all of these really they they've they've kind of piggybacked off themselves to uh, to make the ease of use similar uh all stays harvest host is um is a service and also boondockers only it's 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 owned by harvest host or excuse excuse me boondockers welcome harvest host works in the way that you pay an annual fee to them and then the sites that are listed on their site are free to stay at um they ask that it's usually like wineries farms homesteads things like that uh harvest host uh and you're encouraged to make a purchase from those people for the the convenience of staying at their place but the stay is free um, you got to weigh it out to see if that, if you're going to use it enough to make it, uh, worth the, the upfront yearly membership to get access to those sites. Harvest host boondockers welcome is very similar to harvest host. Uh, they're actually owned by the same company. Um, recreation.gov recreation.gov is basically the clearinghouse of all the, um, the, the campsites, the state national, um, all the the public campgrounds then anyone else that wants to get listed in their directory can get listed in there you go to recreation.gov you're basically going to find everything from um uh, tent sites to rv full hookup sites and everything in between um someone should have an agris site yeah that's weird that's coming it's coming guys <laughs> it's coming Trying, trying. It's uh, teaching myself some more website work and it's uh, slow going. Recreation.gov. Reserve America is another um, it's another one of the, the powerhouse campground booking things, just like you would hotels.com. Uh, Reserve America is on the camping side of that. Camp Spot. Um, it is um, is another clearinghouse, big, big clearinghouse camp spot. Is uh, if you're a camper, you might want to check into Camp Spot. Camp Pendium is um, is is a similar. They're all kind of all along the same vein of um, of just like an Expedia type. 
where it's not you're not just going directly to the campsite booking page you're going to a search engine that's searching all of them for you depending on what parameters you put in uh camp nab is a, a newer one that people are uh, i've seen some buzz about it in my in my rving groups but ham um um camp nab actually works um camp nab looks for cancellations at sites so when people cancel them and they come back on so camp nab is uh great for people that are like looking to go on their their week vacation they have only a certain amount of time and a specific location they want to go but everything's booked out camp nab can let you know when campsites become available if they get canceled if bookings cancel happens all the time but then they usually fill right back up with the next person that searches camp nab offers features where you get alerts when uh, when campsites become available in your parameters um and uh that that's kind of the bottom of this quick list uh hanging laundry has a question before we we um we wrap up and says how how do the little hip camp hosts do I suppose the more amenities, the more interest. Um, little as in size-wise, uh, I don't think that necessarily makes a difference. And how do they do as as far as traffic, as far as um, as far as making money? It really depends. It depends on where you're at. Uh, she says well, it depends on what amenities. I think it depends a lot on the area more than the amenities. Um, are there people, is there something interesting for people to go do? And especially people that are going to do camp while they do it. Um, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of marketing ideas for the customers that I help with hip camp with, uh, managing their hip camp. And then, uh, after the fact, after we get it up and going, I, I do offer services where I'll, I'll promote that to different groups of people. Um, there's certain certain distances I look for uh, where you want to be in relation to some larger things, uh, maximum distances. I can tell you, I can share all that with you if you have a property you're interested in looking uh, to put Hip Camp on. The consulting link is in the video description, and the new packages will be up soon, hopefully by the end of the week. Um, um, mm -mm. Pip and I says, do you recall that what website that Tim used to find land up there in Tennessee? I do not. Um, that was a land broker. Uh, and I think he is specific to just Tennessee. I could be wrong. I'll have to get in touch with him and ask Pip and then I can, uh, I can forward you that information for sure. Uh, but as far as hip camps, um, yeah, it, it, it all depends. You can have it's a it's a balance about where you are rewilder life says do they have experiences with hip camp like they do with airbnb they can they can um it's set up a little different you can put add-on packages for your site for whatever you want um like i was saying with the what i was saying with the the one we stayed at in wyoming they had a little homestead there. They were into education. They were into um, giving people experiences like that. I would call that similar to an Airbnb experience, 
where you basically paid them to learn what the morning chores at, at the, at the homestead were or what, uh, what milking a cow was like. And you actually got to to participate. Um, that, that was be what I would call in line with the Airbnb experiences. Um, we've thought about, um, like camping classes, skill classes, things like that, finding people or knowing yourself some skills that would be valuable to the people on site, teaching those uh, as an add-on and as an, like an on-demand class, basically where you're not trying to fill out a class, but when someone books, um, books that experience, you can go out and teach it. So yes, yes, similar. Thanks for asking guys. I appreciate the interaction. Um, that's going to wrap it up for today. We're in an hour, went a little long. I really enjoy hip camp. If you can't tell, I, I think the site is phenomenal and I wish more people knew about it. I, uh, I really like to help a bunch of people get their sites up and running on there just to make the site more robust. And, uh, I see a lot of holes in the country where they could definitely use some more, some more camps. So if you're interested, you can definitely reach out to me. Uh, you can find it link in the video and audio notes, like I said, and, uh, check out the site and uh, shoot me an email and we can, um, <laughs> oh hunter no 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 uh anyway i gotta wrap up guys tomorrow we're gonna be talking about the gig economy um how to make a little extra money what the gig economy is how you can participate in it and um and everything gig economy and uh some 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 sites you can go to maybe list your list your wares be a, become a freelancer on the side or at least uh, support them by hiring them to do some things that you don't really want to do yourself. But that is tomorrow. And then again, be sure to share and uh, and and hype up the Friday Bitcoin episode where we're going to try to give away 50,000, at the moment, 50,000 Satoshis. And right now that's sitting around, uh, I think 30 bucks is what I figured. Uh, it's going to be about 30 bucks in Bitcoin, maybe 15. I can't remember. I will have it ready for you on on friday morning anyway if you'd like to participate in those live comments you can always join the live recording monday through friday 6 a.m central on youtube facebook twitch and twitter if you enjoyed the show please consider sharing it with others you can find links to all my social media services i offer recommended products and companies i'm affiliated with at thelotsproject.com be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcasts 2.0 value for value podcast players like podverse or fountain.fm make it a great day guys get over that hump Let's get over the hump and get down towards the weekend. Hope you all have an awesome day and we will catch up with you tomorrow.